Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. Elijah Rising is an organization empowering women recovering from sexual exploitation. This episode is going to help you become more aware about the issue of sex trafficking and inspire you to take action. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Elijah Rising podcast. We're so excited to welcome you. This is our second podcast of 2022. Uh, What's a little different is we are in our new studio space. So this is really exciting uh, in our office in the Hyatt. So I am joined today by our executive director, Micah Gamboa. Welcome. Thank you. So uh, many of you know this, but we are in our 10th year as an organization. And so this is like a big deal, Mm. like our first decade as an organization. (laughs) And so I had this idea, let's do a reintroduction of who we are. For those who have been tracking with us the last Mm -hmm. decade, those who are just jumping on, let's talk about where we were 10 years ago, who we were as like little babies (laughs) trying to fight human trafficking, (laughs) all excited, all zealous. Talk to us about the last 10 years and really the progression of how we got to where we are today. Wow. Yeah. It's been an incredible journey. I will say that. We're now double digits. So it's a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, and in some ways you still feel, at at least with the organization, like an adolescent, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's still so much to learn in this field. And every single day, I would say that we learn and develop and grow new things truly Mm -hmm. um, as a movement. And so it's an honor to still be in this fight, to still be in this field and to see it come from where it was Mm -hmm. to where it is now, which I'm super proud of this organization. Really, really proud. So goodness. Okay. Where, (laughs) where have we come from? So we started Elijah Rising, started as a prayer meeting. Mm. Probably if you've been listening to this podcast for any number of, you know, months or years, you know that, but we started as just a ragtag little kids, (laughs) (laughs) really like college age kids, mostly, you know, coming together and just interceding on behalf of this issue. Mm. Um, I remember, my first exposure to this group, which this is before we were Elijah Rising, even oh, wow. before the name came. So, uh, truly just a grassroots, you know, movement. Um, I showed up at 10 p.m. to do, <laughs> we did a prayer meeting from 10 p.m. to midnight every wow. Friday mm. on the U of H campus. And yeah, so, you know, I think it started with 15 people maybe, mm. and then it was 30, and then it was 45, and it was wow. 60. And I'm like, First of all, how do you get that many people in a room to pray, exactly. right? <laughs> like that's kind of a miracle. Right <laughs> and then at at 10 p.m. to midnight, and mm. then um, yeah, so that's how we started with the passion and the zeal of the Lord. And you know, our founder at the time also added on like a human trafficking 101 class to that, mm. where we would talk about the practicalities of what was happening in our city, but also the biblical roots mm. of of what is sex trafficking and oppression and what is just look like yeah. to the heart of God. So that was really our, our foundation. Mm. And I'm so proud of that foundation. I believe that it's been the seed that has sustained us mm. over this next decade, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's striking to me, I actually haven't heard that part. <laughs> I didn't know you guys were on U of H's campus. 
And just thinking about you coming on as a college age student, mm-hmm. some of these college students that you were mm-hmm. attracting, what do you think is the significance of that? Mm. You guys were had a, an inception on a college campus. Yeah. You're drawing these young hearts. I know for me, I was 19 when I went on a van tour. I was in college and mm-hmm. that really lit me for what was happening in our city and I was ready to do whatever mm. to jump in. What do you feel like are the implications of attracting young college mm. students into this this fight? Okay, so to answer that question, I'm going to backtrack just slightly mm-hmm. because now that we're having this dialogue, um, it, it sparked another memory. So actually, Elijah Rising prayer meeting even started before that. Mm. Um, it was birthed, that the first place that it, it actually kind of came to formation was a prayer meeting in the Source for Women. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It was in uh, what's um, like a crisis pregnancy center. Yes. So the pro life movement justice movement Mm. um they just said you can have our our boardroom and you can pray once a month so that's where it started Mm. and then when they started to do every week then they moved over to that campus so Mm. kind of that leads into my answer i think though that this generation has been marked by god Mm. for a move of the spirit unto the works of justice um i mean we see it it's so obvious Mm -hmm. that i would say Millennials, but also, uh, what is it, Gen Z, Gen Z yeah. right, um, have this passion, this burning to see acts of justice. Absolutely. And so sometimes that gets decoupled from the gospel or the mm. scriptures or yeah. the truth of God. And so that's when it becomes like humanistic and mm. all of these things. But there's a nugget of yeah. calling there, I believe. Um, so if we as the church, if we as the body can see that gold and kind mm. of call it out and draw it into a greater and higher purpose, yeah. there is a generation that's Absolutely. ready, mm. I believe. That's amazing. I mean, just even thinking about Jesus. Jesus, mm. his disciples were all teenagers or young adults. Mm. So even his choosing of, mm. of that younger generation to really turn the world upside down for his kingdom. There's something there. I feel like there's a yeah. seed that we, we might have to offshoot into in a, at a future time. I but, like it. So starting as a prayer meeting, talk to me about how Elijah Rising has really grown from that space. You have mm-hmm. this seedling that went into the ground of prayer and yeah. really eat, interceding for the injustice. How have you seen Elijah Rising grow legs and arms and, and really grow into what it is today? Yeah, you know, every day I feel like we're growing still. And I never really want to stop growing because Absolutely. I think that you get stagnant and anyway, so many things. But yeah, so... From the prayer meeting, then we started doing um, these, what we call van tours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) jump in a car. I think it was really as simple as this. Like, (laughs) hey, you guys, jump in this van. I'm going to drive you around the city, you know. This is what's happening behind that closed door. And did you know that Mm. Alicia is behind this closed door? And have you heard of her story and her Mm. story and her story? So there is something so impactful that happens when you drive around your Mm. neighborhood, essentially. Now, Houston is massive, right? right? (laughs) And so we would take them on this (laughs) three-hour tour all across the city (laughs) because we were very thorough. Um, But people were lit up. Mm -hmm. And so a sub, 
you know, a consequence of that, which we weren't really trying, shooting for or aiming for, um, that was beautiful to watch is that we've seen multiple agencies, like whole mm. agencies, wow. um, be birthed out of one person going on that van tour and saying, I wow. want to give my yes to mm. the Lord. Um, and so that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And the fact that we can collaborate with those agencies mm. now that say, man, I got lit up, yes. uh, donors, uh, volunteers, mm. even politicians, have, city leaders, national leaders have gone on that tour, mm. become awakened, and then stepped into the battle in like a fresh way. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you spoke to that. With the organizations that we partner with, with some of these offshoot partnerships that have been birthed because of the van tours, what do you think separates Elijah Rising from some of these organiz- organizations? Like, I love that we are so keen to partner. We mm. recognize we can't do this fight alone. But we're all unique mm-hmm. in our calling. So what would you say makes us different in our, in our mm. call to fight trafficking? You know, the more, I probably wouldn't have said this 10 years ago, but now mm. I think it's a distinction. Um, the fact that we cannot decouple this work from prayer and intercession, yes. from the word. Mm. Um, and we've had a new just spirit of life that has been breathed on even just our prayer meetings, which I'm so grateful mm. for. But there's something to be said about persevering in the place of prayer, Absolutely. of being steadfast and diligent, like when you don't feel the spirit yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so for the last decade, you know, one of our key um we call it our four pillars. One of the, mm. the first pillar is prayer. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that that is such a difference. Uh, we, so many times in this movement, it can segue into being super clinical or mm. being super just like social worky, you know, and all yeah. of those things are needed and valid, valid and valuable. Um, but we, ha- we can't rem- forget that, you know, Jesus is the only restorer. He's the restorer. Jesus is the one who brings justice Mm. to the earth. And so we can't bring justice without Jesus. Um, And so that prayer and intercession, I think, really marks us in a different way. Mm. Something that I think unique that we bring to the table. Um, There's some other things. I think we're really good at being a little bit bold and a little bit in your face. And, (laughs) you know, I think we've... We've grown up a little bit in mm. that. I would say when we first started, we were t- too much, yeah. maybe, <laughs> but eh, a little overzealous. Um, yeah. But there's a seed of the kingdom even in that because Absolutely. you see John the Baptist yes. as being very other than mm-hmm. Jesus himself was very countercultural. Yes. I mean, we always think about it like him as. Prince of Peace and Good Shepherd, which, yes, those are true. However, he also was the one who fashioned a whip. He was also the one who said, you're, you know, you're in error. You have forgotten the scriptures. You are, you know, living contrary to the will of God. Mm -hmm. All of these things. And so um, I think just an element of being bold, Mm -hmm. um, calling out calling out a generation, not calling mm. out people, but calling out a generation to a higher place of consecration. Yeah. yeah. And typically those people, have, they receive the most um, attack yeah. because of how <laughs> brash and how bold. And yeah. just to speak to that, we have an organization in the city who's also fighting human trafficking, but because of the grant that they're under, they can't do the things that we do as far as prayer and mm. worship within the context of a work day. Sure. And so it's just been really incredible to see that emphasis on on the fidelity of Jesus and really loving him well and making him preeminent in our midst. And I I can't tell you how many times in my three months of working here (laughs) 
that we've come to the end of ourselves and gone, yes. God, what do we do? And I can't imagine being in this line of work and not having that as an outlet, as a team. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to do that on your own, but mm-hmm. to as a team go, we've exhausted our strength and our resources. God, what do you have for us? Yeah. It's really, really special. Mm-hmm. So as the executive director, you talked about the pillars. You talked mm-hmm. about prayer. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about the other three pillars. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear you maybe cast some vision into those pillars. What What's happening now within them? And mm-hmm. how do you see them growing even as we look down the line 10 years? Okay. That's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably keep you here for a couple hours. Okay. So we have four pillars. I'll just say them again. There's prayer awareness, Mm -hmm. intervention, and then restoration. Mm -hmm. So with prayer, I don't want to speak too much to this. (laughs) The prayer director is right next to me. But truly, I think that um, modeling, how do we pray? Prayer is more than just, dear God, please bless us. Like, please Mm -hmm. end this. We are getting the opportunity to say, Jesus, what are you doing right now? And we get to partner with that, speak it into the earth. Mm -hmm. There's no greater joy, I believe, there's no greater joy than whenever you're sitting, you kind of get into the slipstream of the Holy Spirit and and what the Lord is doing, and you start declaring into the earth what you are seeing in heaven come to the earth, what you know that you know that you know Mm. is in the heart of God to be released into the natural realm. So it's like you feel it, you know it when you've entered into that. And so I think, you know, the more that we can do that, and and for prayer not to just stay within the team, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a practice and a discipline that you have to get to a a place where you're, you know, Mm -hmm. as a team. However, um, I think one of the callings on Elijah Rising is to hold up that standard and of, of like, here's the example, not that we're the example in prayer. Here's one example of Mm -hmm. how you can enter into intercession Um, and then calling a generation Mm. into that, discipling them into that because I think it's such a mystery. I've I've spoken to many a person who's like, how, what do you even pray for for like an hour? Like, you know, they're like, that's amazing. But how do you do that? How do you sustain that? Right. And then to to sustain it joyfully Mm -hmm. and faithfully. Um, So anyway, I think that is my vision that we can disciple people into a place of intercession. Mm. Um, And then with awareness, honestly, Mm. I think the sky is the limit. Um, I, I think that we have not even begun to scratch the surface of Mm. creative mediums in order to herald the message of the kingdom, which is righteousness and justice for all. Um, And so whether that's expanding the van tours or, you know, for a while there we had a museum, we're hoping Mm -hmm. to relaunch it next year. Um, The van tours, uh, the podcast, uh, uh, we've done summits, all Mm -hmm. all the things, right? And so I think that there's immersive experiences Mm -hmm. that we can cultivate and craft and create for the general public to step into to have an awakening that they didn't have before. So I'm looking forward to that. It's amazing. Um, I'd also like us or the people in our organization to write books and to get published. Wow. I can't wait for that. I think that's on the the verge. Mm. I'm not saying anything's coming down the line. I'm just <laughs> speaking it Casting into existence. vision. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then with intervention, um, we have a, a lot of dreams on the table, but mm. we cannot we cannot move into any of those without the power mm. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so um, honestly with intervention 
it's not a mystery. It's mm. outreach exactly. to the hurting. Yeah. It's really not. It's really not hard. It's really not complicated. Mm. It's really not even that dangerous. Yeah. And so, I would love to see um, the body of Christ in Houston and beyond mm. get equipped. So, taking what we've cultivated in Houston. Growing it in our in our region, yes. yes, but also kind of like packaging it and letting others use it to multiply mm-hmm. and to do that same thing in their cities or in their region. Yes. And we've seen that happen. We've seen like um, different states as well as different countries take the little models and Incredible. replicate them. But I think that there's a more intentional way to do that mm-hmm. and to really get this thing kind of, uh, again, growing. Yeah. And then lastly... Yeah. Um, for the restoration, um, man, I think there's more than we've even dreamed of. Mm. You know, uh, we have a large campus that's uh, about an hour outside of Houston, mm-hmm. right? That needs development, and we've we've dreamed and designed. Mm. Uh, with experts have come in to like give us a master plan for what could be a restorative community. Yeah. Um, but even that, I think there's a possibility to be built out. And so really what I see right now is the foundation that we're laying in mm. restorative care. Um, we are, we have spent the better part, like probably eight months now, mm-hmm. just writing and researching, writing yeah. and researching, um, bringing in the recovery experts and the psychologists mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, the counselors, right, to bear on this program so that we, again, can take it, package it, give it away. Yeah. Um, so people don't have to make the the 10 or the 5 exactly. or the 7 years of, of heartache and mm-hmm. mistakes that we have made. Yeah. And hopefully that the Lord can take that and use that as kind of a catalyst mm-hmm. to multiply restorative care beds mm-hmm. and communities across the nation. That's powerful. What I love and I want to speak to is the fact that, you know, God gave us the name Elijah Rising and the spirit of Elijah is the spirit that rested on John the Baptist, the forerunner. So what you're saying is Elijah Rising really exists to be a forerunner for other people to come Mm. and just receive and be Mm. equipped. And so I I really want our listeners to understand that Elijah Rising is not about building its own kingdom. It's about really making some hard choices and decisions and laboring so that a generation of people can catch what we've endeavored to pursue and receive whatever is necessary. One of my favorite teachers of the word is Mike Bickle, and he has all this material online. And he said, our copyright is your right to copy. (laughs) And I love that you're saying that. You're saying we really want to resource. We really want to partner so that we can all be effectual wherever we're called. Mm-hmm. whatever city, whatever demographic, I feel like some of the things that we're talking about can really be touched on the, the homeless um, yeah, yes. or the CPS or, or orphans. And so mm-hmm. the justice movement is so much bigger than trafficking, mm-hmm. but staying faithful to our lane mm-hmm. so that there can be more to multiply. Yes. For those who are listening, I mean, really across the globe, what are some practical things that we need as an organization to see some of these dreams and initiatives mm. come true? Like someone's listening mm. in their kitchen, someone's listening on their way to work right mm. now. What are some practical things that you can just release to them okay. of ways to pray? Or maybe mm-hmm. you've got you've got some gifted, skilled people out yeah. there. Who, how do I lend myself <laughs> yes. to this? Okay, so, yes. <laughs> um, you know, what I have 
come to realize is there's there's builders, there's maintainers, mm-hmm. and we can't do any of this work without both. Yeah. So we're really in a building season. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, you know, truly we need resources. And, yeah. and before you, I'm not really talking just about money, hardly about money at all. I'm actually mm-hmm. talking about people. Yeah. Um, like you said, there's skilled people out there. So we need the... Gosh, I could go on and on and on. If you have a skilled trade, mm-hmm. um, whether that's like you're a craftsman, you're a builder, you're a carpenter, you're an attorney, you're a psychologist, mm-hmm. you are a curriculum Ooh. developer, an yeah. English teacher, like all of these trades and skills can come to bear on the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're trying to do right now is really build out like on-ramps for mm-hmm. all of those, mm-hmm. which is a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. Right? <laughs> How do, you know, Grandma X, Y, and Z from Alabama mm-hmm. come to bear on this issue? But there is a place, there in this movement, there is a place for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to boil it down, though, time. Mm-hmm. We need time. Yeah. We need time to build. You know, the temple wasn't built in a, a few yeah. hours. Yeah. It was built over the span of many, many months and mm-hmm. um, years, actually. And so... Um, time. We need resources, whether that's money to Mm. fuel the work. Mm. We need the builders to come to bear on this. We need the administrators, the gift Mm. of helps. Truly, we need this movement, not just Elijah Rising, but across the world, actually, Mm. is so young and it's in its infancy. And we need the builders and the administrators Mm. who understand how to put things in order, how to organize, how to administrate, how to direct, how to plan events, how Mm. to build curriculum, how to write um, we need those skills to come in and say, okay, this is how we're going to set it up because we're mm-hmm. not just answering the problems of today. We're looking to the generation yes. beyond us and how do we set them mm-hmm. up for success? Mm-hmm. Um, so time, resources, people, Amazing. that's what we need. Yeah. yeah. So someone listening, hearing about that opportunity, that net that mm-hmm. we're casting, what would you say to the person who's like, you know, I don't, I don't really know if I can get into anti-human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Like the things that we see, the things that we encounter, mm-hmm. they're pretty horrific at times. I mean, the exploitation of women and children, men, mm-hmm. how would you encourage someone who mm-hmm. is kind of on that fence of wanting to step over, wanting to engage more of the heart of God in justice? What has kept you in this fight for the last 10 years, 10 plus years? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, hmm. We, something that I took away, I had a meeting with some other leaders in the nation. Something that I took away was so simple but profound to me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the attendees there said, you know, we keep, we keep talking about drawing people into this movement Mm -hmm. because of their calling Mm -hmm. because they've been called to this work and we're all like yeah yeah we always ask that in an interview (laughs) how have you been called to this work right but he's like we are not talking about simple obedience Mm. and jesus has commanded us Mm. to care for the widows to care for the poor to Mm. care for the afflicted to care for the marginalized to care for the foreigner Mm. right and so i am I'm kind of making this shift beyond like, you don't actually have to be called. Mm. You don't have to have a profound experience to to draw you into this work specifically. There are good works that Mm. the Lord has prepared for us to walk in in advance. And so 
you know, there is, for some, there is a place of fear Mm -hmm. that says, oh, I'm not equipped. That's Mm -hmm. a lie. It is such a lie from the enemy. You are equipped because you have the spirit of the Mm. living God inside of you. You are connected to Jesus, who Mm. is the repository of all wisdom and understanding. The power of God resides. So we're Mm. not ill-equipped. We're not. We have the gospel of hope, the Mm. gospel of the kingdom that says that all things are going to be made new. Mm. And so... You just have to ask the Lord, where yeah, do I fit? Exactly. And not everyone fits on the front, front lines, lines yeah. right? <laughs> not everyone. You you have, uh, in an army, you have all different kinds of skills and yeah. placements and mm-hmm. generals. And you have the radar people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> not in the military, but not everyone is on the front yes, lines yeah. for an effective battle strategy. Mm-hmm. And so you need to ask the Lord, okay, you've commanded me to work so justice. You commanded me to care for the poor, the orphan, the widow. Mm. Well, what's standing in my way? And then just take that one next step Mm. of obedience. Take Mm. that one next step of obedience after that. And after that, you know, I started only because I started bringing hot meals to Uh, another organization. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what to do, but here's a hot meal. That's Mm. all I got, you know, and just taking that one little step that's next. Mm. But we have all been called into this and we have a responsibility. Mm. Um, The other last thing I would say too is I think we as a body of believers have neglected the power of fasting unto bondage breaking. Mm -hmm. So again, something that the Lord is kind of reviving teaching me is like we stop fasting for yourself Mm -hmm. it's not bad i'm not saying anything about that but fasting is a weapon of warfare it is a tool specifically designed to dismantle strongholds to let the oppressed go free and Mm -hmm. to break every yoke so if you're like i don't want to i don't really have a time or i can't Mm -hmm. get in i don't know whatever it is Mm -hmm. start praying and fasting for the organizations around you right and tell them that you are (laughs) because it's really encouraging Mm -hmm. i remember we uh, I met up with another executive director in the area, um, and I was just going through a rough time. Mm. You know, our, our organization had lost a few staff members, yeah. and it was just a rough time. And she came to me with this whole spreadsheet. <laughs> She's like, we're praying and fasting for you. Our, our staff is praying and fasting for you every wow. single Monday for, ex- you know. Mm. I was like, you're yeah. kidding. And so just pray and fast strengthen the organization, strengthen the people on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a place in this movement. That's incredible. Yeah, Isaiah 58, 6, which you're referencing, this is the fast that I have chosen mm-hmm. to loose yeah. the bonds of oppression, to say to the captive, be free. It, it, it's really this mingling of Isaiah 58 and Isaiah 61, mm-hmm. the spirit yeah. of the Lord being yeah. upon us so that we can see the effectual nature of Christ. And just as we're kind of coming to a close, I think if we don't recognize the work of the spirit in this field Mm. we are missing a vast majority of what is necessary to see injustice really rooted out of a city Um, out of that same passage it talks about being rebuilders Mm. of the streets Mm -hmm. and restorers Mm. of of the breaches in the wall and really i've seen that anointing on this organization which initially drew me to Mm -hmm. this organization i think so many people who have seen the work of elijah rising have been so blessed by the the tenacity the boldness as you spoke to earlier and really the 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 fixation jesus is worthy of Mm. his full reward and so is there anything else that you would just say as Mm. as a last um a last 
hoorah charge <laughs> to the people who are listening and they're inspired by our 10 years. They're inspired that we're, we're set to go another, another 10 years, another 20 years. What would you say to us as we close? Yeah. Last thing is that there is joy mm. in the perseverance. Yes. There's, there is a reward. There's an eternal reward, mm. not just for us, but for everyone that we touch, impact, all of that. Yeah. And so I don't think that you said if you don't, something about like if you miss the spirit, like you're going to miss the whole reason, mm. right? And you're also going to miss the joy. Yeah. Because Jesus endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. So he saw a day when justice and righteousness dwelt, Come on. when righteousness and peace were were normalized, mm. you know, when the glory of God fills the earth. And so that's the day that we're looking for. You know, Abraham was looking for a city whose maker and builder was God. That's what we're going for. Yes. We cannot do this in our own strength or in our own like clinical understanding. Yeah. All of those things are so needed but to really be restorers of the breach we yes. have to partner with Jesus and that is not going to we're not going to see the fullness of mm. that cuz we always get asked the question like well what, how do we end sex trafficking exactly. I, I don't know that we do <laughs> <laughs> right and they're like oh bummer yeah. <laughs> you know but it's because Jesus is the restorer. Jesus mm. is the giver of justice. And yeah. so we are just coupling with him to release what we can release mm. until he comes and brings the full reward. Exactly. But there's joy in the movement. And yes. we have been born and destined and created mm. for the adventures of life mm. in the spirit. Yes. And so without stepping into the fray, you mm. don't get the joy, yes. the triumph, or the difficulty, mm, right? And yeah. when you press through the difficulty, you get the crown on the other side. Come on. Wow. Jesus said, when he comes back, will I find faith on the earth? And that's what I hear you saying. Like, mm. we want to be a people that when he comes back, we've been found waiting, yearning, pulling on heaven for the fullness of what he's desired. So mm. that's amazing. Micah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for, for tuning into this podcast. Micah, thank you for your time. Uh, we want to encourage you to like, subscribe, share. Um, I feel like there's so many conversations that are going to come out of this, this conversation. And so track with us. We're excited for really sharing with a generation what God wants to do in this hour and how you can participate. But for now, thanks so much for tuning in to the Elijah Rising podcast. We hope you guys have a great one. Thank you for joining us today for this episode. If you were inspired by this content today, please share, rate, and leave a review. Also, please consider making a donation at ElijahRising.org slash donate. Your support helps us continue the vital mission to combat sex trafficking. Until next time.